Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Range Time is a bi-weekly podcast talking about guns, gear, and the shooting lifestyle. Opinions expressed may or may not be those of our parent company, sponsors, or advertisers. It's the Range Time Podcast. So it's official now, dude. We're on iTunes and stuff. Like, we're here officially back. Big time. So welcome to episode three of the Range Time Podcast. I am your host, John Smith. With me, as always, Jim York, our official co-host. Always is with a big asterisk. <laughs> well, you've been here every episode so far. This is true. As long as, long as you're not... <laughs> Wait, is this number two or number this three? This is number three. <laughs> yeah, perfect. As long as you're not on the phone. Yeah, this... yeah how many phone calls are you going to take during this episode? <laughs> that was the best episode I've ever been on. <laughs> My best work when I'm not here. Uh, and then uh, joining us once again is uh, Officer Mike. Greetings. Who is a officer of some sort. Yes. Of a yet-to-be-named department. What if yes. we just say of the law? Uh, I like that we already have – we have like seven GoPros in the studio, but right now they're all not only turned off but turned away from you so that nobody can see who you <laughs> yeah. work for. Not, yeah. that we're, not that we're filming the podcast oh, at this point, but future episodes will be taking a lot of pictures and, and maybe even do like a live stream I'll have to get a mask while we do this. I know. I'm gonna. Well, we can just take you. We can. You don't need to show up in the car. Well, you, I'm sorry, it's uniform. Because it's because I come from work. It's because I'm from just going to show up in a luchador mask. So <laughs> no one knows who I am. Or, or I could wear a balaclava. There so we're going to talk about uh, for episode three. We're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about red flag laws. We we did an episode a couple of weeks ago that uh, I was sick. And I was right. uh, I I had lost my voice, and the episode like hot sounded like it sounded like garbage. Uh, oh, I just barely got your text, by the way, saying that you're in the lobby. Just oh. barely came through. Uh, apparently, the internet's awesome. Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna talk about red flag laws. We're gonna talk about there was a knife company. I want to say Boston. Where was this? Where was this company? No, it was at? Pacific Northwest. Yes. We oh, what? Okay. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So you can fill in the blank from there. Dude. Although they're like. Most of the major knife companies are right in the same area. Okay, so I want to talk about this. So a, they were they were helping a police department destroy some guns, mm-hmm. and a lot of people uh, got their their underpants all bunched there's, up over there's that. There's more to the story than just that. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. And then uh, I also uh, I want to talk about Microsoft workers not wanting to help the U.S. military. So we'll get to all of that and more. Hopefully, 
That's a lot for a half hour. <laughs> you yeah. know that we're going to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> on a couple of these things. So My um, half of one of those. Yeah. I was told specifically, don't tell listeners that you're going to do something and then not do it. It's mean. That, that was that was the actual <laughs> critique I got. Isn't that part of our charm? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the shtick. Um, in regards to our previous episode, episode two, which is available now, uh, Guns of Disneyland, I have been I have been given an invitation to the happiest place on earth where I will go later this month and I will record photographically the guns of Disneyland. Did, did we, we will... not get this invitation? Nope, just me. Uh, yes. And poor Sharon. No, I was. Uh, red flag laws have been enacted in a couple of different states. Uh, Colorado's one. Um, and then there was one that really, really surprised me. Florida. Yeah. Super surprising. Florida. The you know So Florida next to Utah, Florida has the... Well, it's they are the, the they're super lax least with, restricted yeah, state yeah. when it comes to. I guns. shouldn't say lax, but like their restrictions are mi- like the most minimal. Like if you say lax, it makes them sound irresponsible. Right, right, right. And, and I don't want to use the term liberal. They have fewer <laughs> but, restrictions than other states. Right. They they are a very gun friendly state, yeah. but they do have these so called red flag laws. And we talked about this on the episode that. It didn't. It's it's not going to air, so we're 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 going to have this conversation again. But I was surprised to hear that Mike's opinion on red flag laws differ from that of mine and Jim's. So red flag laws, as far as I understand them, enable the police to confiscate weapons uh, from somebody who is deemed a threat only after getting a warrant from a judge. Only after getting a warrant from a judge. Yes. So you are in favor of red flag laws. I can see times it would be a useful tool, yes. And Jim, how what's your what's your take on red flag? I I just there's too much gray area. It's like if we're gonna put a law in place, make it black and white, and this one just seems like it's I guess he's like what what deems him as a threat, what deems you know, and I guess we just gotta you know, you gotta go down and I, you can explain that probably better than I can, but so, well, and it's going to be the same thing that it falls into if I can forcibly commit somebody to the hospital. Yeah, that they're they're a danger to themselves or others, and that's a pretty high burden that you have to meet because it's basically the same as saying I have enough probable cause to arrest somebody if a crime occurred. The difference being no crimes occurred, so we're trying to stop someone from. So usually, if, it's usually hurting themselves. That's that's the time that it's most used. Now, in in the state of Utah, it's not it, nothing has been passed. There's a couple of proposals floating around, but nothing has been nothing's even been voted on. No, yet. But when it comes to red flag laws, we'll say in Colorado or Florida. So if somebody calls in and says, "I believe that uh, Ronald McDonald is going to," I can't use that because I'm going to get sued. Uh, <laughs> if I believe Chuck E. Cheese, nope, going to get sued there too. I I believe Let's call John that Smith. John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's let's say I I can call the police and I can say John Smith has made some threatening comments towards me or somebody in my house. And I know he has guns. The police can technically at that point go in and take the guns out of my home without any sort of due process and without any burden of proof that I have actually broken the law. Now, if I have actually threatened somebody, well, then I've broken a law, right? Technically, but if all I'm going off of is their simple word of he he said he was going to do this and I know he has guns in his house, 
well, yeah, I do have guns in my house, and then the police can automatically come and take them. There's nothing in that law saying what my rights are as 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 the other side of that coin. You know, what rights do I have as far as the person coming into my home and taking my property? And what what steps do I get to take to get my property back at that point? There's nothing in the law, at least as far as the way it's written for Utah specifically, or as far as I know in Colorado or Florida that talks about that. Do you do you know anything about that? I'm not 100% sure on it. I'm trying to look right now because I haven't been able to read the whole thing yet. But it, it basically, the, the burden of proof is going to be more than you somebody just calling us and telling us that. that that's, that's not even the burden of proof right now. If somebody calls up and says, so-and-so threatened me verbally and I don't have any proof of that, is that enough to actually take action on? Probably not. Because it's very easy for anybody to say, this person threatened me. But that someone saying something isn't necessarily proof. Right. Does that make sense? Sure. So it, it, it takes it being – there has to be more to it than just, hey, Joe called me and said this over the phone because we're not going to necessarily take action just because you say something. I, I don't know who you are as a law enforcement officer. Right. We don't know the people involved. That's one of those things of I don't know Joe. I don't know the person that supposedly Joe is threatening. How am I supposed to decide who's telling me the truth? And that's a hard thing to do, which – is one of the things with this law of it has to go before a judge. It's not just a, an officer getting a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning going to the house and saying, give me all your guns. You have to apply to a judge to get a warrant. So for those of us that don't work in law enforcement, I don't, I don't necessarily know what that's like to go before a judge. I've, I, now, I've been in like on ride-alongs. I've, I've heard some of the technicalities <laughs> and some of the issues that you guys have had when it comes to getting – uh, even a judge on the phone to execute a warrant, say in the middle of the night. But how how does that go? What do you have to do at that point? So in order now, everything's digital. So you actually have to go on to the state has a way to do that. You fill out an affidavit, so you're swearing before that judge as the peace officer. Your name goes right on it. It's not anonymous. It's your name saying this is all the information. And it's basically you have to lay out all your probable cause. The judge will then look at that and say, yes, you've met this burden of proof or no, you haven't. And before it actually goes to the judge, you also have to send it to a prosecutor. So somebody in the district attorney's office reviews it, says, yeah, it's good. No, it's not. Then you send it to the judge and the judge then says, yeah, it's good or no, it's not. Mm -hmm. And then you can execute that. So the process isn't super hard. However, you've got to make sure that you're doing everything by the books. It's not a. It's not just a... I'm going to throw a few things in here and send it off to a judge, and the judge is going to rubber stamp it. That's that doesn't happen. Does that? Do, I mean, does that ever happen though? I mean, with with say search warrants or protective orders would be a good example um, because I know protective orders get abused. But protective orders are an entirely different thing though, because a, a protective order is a person going before the court as an individual and saying this is what is going on. Mm-hmm. They issue what's known as an ex parte order, which reading this law is the same thing they're doing here. It's an ex parte, which means expedited. It's it's temporary. They issue an ex parte that allows something to occur until they can have time to have a more formal hearing. So in this case, an ex parte order to remove those weapons and then make sure that we have more follow-ups to say, yeah, this was a good thing or no, it's not. And it sets out time frames and things like that for that to happen. I was just going to say, I guess, this sounds like it takes a decent amount of time. So at that point, like that threat that they were, 
I, and this is this is a vague assumption. And like, yes, there's going to be, you know, the there's going to be extraneous circumstances, etc. But like, if it takes that much time, the problem solved itself. Likely, usually, like, or yeah, I mean, other either the problem has worked itself out, or you've I, met the outcome that you were trying yeah. to avoid in the first place. Yeah, like that's just it for me. Is okay. This just sounds like something that okay, we have this law in place, but. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. So, this was this was where I was going to go with this. Is this sounds like more bullshit laws? Excuse me. This sounds like more baloney laws that get put in place that aren't going to be enforced anyway. It, th- this is this is a very extreme case tool, is what this is. It, it's the case of we got we dealt with some guy who maybe is at a public place with a gun trying to hurt himself. We end up finding out that. He has another seven guns at his house. Without a law like this, there's nothing that we can do to stop to take those guns right now. You can take the one he's got because he's got it to his head and it's a public thing. He may only be in the hospital for three or four hours. Mm-hmm. So the the risk there is, is okay, is he really going to you, – you don't solve that problem in three or four hours. You may talk him down off that ledge, but I think that the, the concern is, is he going to be able to go back to his house where he's got seven more weapons and – harm himself in that time so let's let's use that there is a video on the on on the salt lake police department's page uh where two officers go and they yank somebody off the side of a mm-hmm. side of a building Absolutely. as as he was getting ready to jump yep oh my gosh so if the salt lake police department knows that this this guy has a gun we'll just say in his car because that's an extension of his house they can't take his gun even even if they know he's a danger to himself. No, because at that point it's it's not with him. It's not in the middle of it. it it's a very muddied area, and it's there's just there's nothing right now that says that we can do anything. I just feel like if you're gonna do it, like how long are you? How long does that process that you just described take to get the to get a warrant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, usually within one to one and a half hours. Oh, okay. And it doesn't matter the day. Oh, it took you one and a half hours to explain it. <laughs> I'm, I'm long winded. <laughs> like we're already on to episode five. I at was this thinking point. this is like a four hey, this, month ordeal. No, no, you're, yeah. you're, you can get it. You can get it within an hour or two. Okay, it, it, and it, that's 24 hours a day. There's a judge on call all the time. So right. it, it's it's I, okay. So if there's a judge on call all the time, and it only takes an hour and a half. What burden of proof needs to be met? What what proof can you provide to a judge over a phone or over a computer to prove that I'm a danger to myself or others? A lot of it's going to be statements, statements, behaviors. So, I mean, if you're obviously holding a gun to your head, you've made you've been seen making threats about yourself. Like I said, I think this is mostly for threatening yourself. There right. are those cases where we've had kids or teenagers who've threatened to go shoot up schools. I think this could also fall into those cases where we're getting – Well, if I threaten to shoot up a school, obviously there's 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 cause to go in and take the guns. Right? There may or may not be. It, it's, really? Yeah. It, it, that, that's where – That surprises me. Yeah, and that's why I think there's some – some of this is to try to make sure that that's all laid out and the whole process. Not only laid out how to take them but also laid out how to get them back. It's to that point of – it's a he said, she said type deal. Like, he said he was going to do it. Well, well but like, do you have that on tape? No, I didn't say I was going to do it. Boom, and at like, a certain point, gone. like, what freedoms are we sacrificing in, in the name of safety and security, right? Like, there, there, there are 
consequences to living in a free society. Now, school shootings are obviously an extreme example of that. So there's there's the old story that I used to tell people where, you know, when when the pioneers were first, uh, in, you know, settling and they moved to these areas where they had these great views and this, these great expansive areas, but they were afraid of of wild animals and and marauders. And so they built these really tall walls and they ended up building themselves into a prison. Right. So at what point do we realize, okay, we're, we're sacrificing freedoms because we're scared of what somebody might do. Like I'm, I'm sacrificing your freedom and your freedom because I'm scared of what the guy down the hall might do. And this is where I go again, extreme example, the school shooting, most of those, aren't somebody saying somebody said that there's text messages there's there's social media posts things like that that's the vast majority my guess is and i this is just a guess off the top of my head sure this kind of law would be 90 percent of the time used because someone's threatening to hurt themselves yeah Mm -hmm. that that's that's what these are mostly designed for is to try to reduce that suicide risk i just found in the bill that if this order is vacated the law enforcement agency has 72 hours to return the weapons gotcha and I guess I look at it too. It's, it's the again like you're. It's the causation. Well, I don't even know. Like I'm stirring over my words because I'm trying to. Like, That's not a word, Jim. I'm trying to figure out how how to explain what I'm thinking. In that you're taking away the tool, but the the source of the problem still exists. And and, and that's why this is. In, I think it has to be in conjunction with the tools being taken away because that's the greatest risk at the moment then you have to get somebody help, which so honestly, I think we can all agree that's one of the biggest problems we have is we're our mental health care in this country is yeah. poor. Yeah, We don't take care of people that are having mental problems right. and often shun them and try to just say, oh, you don't need to worry about it, take a pill, whatever it may be. And that, I think that's the, it, the ultimate thing that needs to be addressed. When you're looking at, when you're looking at suicide and self-harm in this country, over 95% of them have a diagnosable mental disorder. Well, you're you're going to because anybody who's going to commit suicide is depressed. I mean, by definition, right? So, and that that's a mental disorder. Un- unfortunately, firearms are the, f- especially under and males who tend yeah. to use that's it's a quick suicide. Males are far more successful at suicide because they tend to pick methods like firearms. Although my mom for years worked for a surgeon who put people's faces back together who tried and failed. Yeah. And that's another whole story of But I mean sadness, you take you, you we'll take Japan for example. Japan has one of the highest suicide mm-hmm. rates in the world and have for hundreds and hundreds of years and there are virtually no guns in that entire country. Yeah, but their culture that's I mean, a cultural thing. That yep. is a cultural thing and that's what you, you have to look at it that way. Yeah. Like, I think the bottom line is it's it's going to be interesting to watch this. I this bill hasn't even been in, it's been introduced and that's it. It's, it's not, not likely to even be voted because on. we're I mean, we're down to the last what two weeks of the legislative session or something like that. Yeah, so we're, it's it's not even going to be voted on. In yeah, this session. It, so it'll be interesting to watch. It's it's a, it's a it's a complex issue. Like I can see both sides of it because of the vast number of calls I've been on over the years. Yeah. Where I mean, and unfortunately I've had that not opportunity but that regret of having to tell a parent that their yeah. child shot and killed themselves yeah. it sucks do you think that in this case if if uh and i don't i don't want to single any one instance out but can you think off the top of your head one of those that would have been prevented had there been a red flag law in place honestly i don't know because i think mo- I, often i don't know the back history yeah like i don't know what if especially if they're not from where i worked I don't have any idea what's happened before. Right. So it, it's really hard for me to say one way or the other 
what would happen because mm-hmm. usually I'm dealing with that little moment in time. Although I have had people that I've been on a call and three weeks later I've gone back and they've so I've, we've stopped them from hurting themselves and they've ended up killing themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I've had that happen. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't involve firearms in the times, but I've had that happen. So it, it's really hard to say. It, here, are some, uh, here are some facts about red flag laws that I've been able to pull up while uh, Mike was explaining. <laughs> the, Four the, hours obtaining later. warrants. <laughs> Four hours later. The first four months after Florida put their red flag laws in place in 2017 – there were 467 cases filed and almost – well, yeah, all, almost 70 percent of those were filed by police departments in the state of Florida. Now, granted, you were just in Florida yes. and we hear a lot about Florida in the news. There's a whole lot of mofos in Florida that shouldn't even be allowed Damn you know, boys point, ain't right. pointy sticks. <laughs> yeah. and, and Let alone firearms. And you have to, you have to, look, so that's 400 and some odd cases, right? And there's how many people that live in Florida? Like 21 million. 21 million. Yeah. So that's a very low percentage yeah, I mean, of people. I would be curious though, because that's, that's an obscure number considering that's usually a swing state. It can go kind of either way. How many of those people own guns? Granted, now we're we're talking about point zero zero two percent versus point zero zero five percent. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not even dealing with. We're we're splitting hairs. You're not even dealing with one percent. No, that's you're dealing with a tenth of one percent of the population. I mean, you know, the the call centers in Salt Lake. I think on an average day, the nine one one dispatch centers are taking three to four thousand calls a day. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you figure if just Salt Lake City is or Salt Lake County is taking that many calls a day, probably more. I'm probably understating it. Imagine how many Florida are taking, and that's only – how long was that over, 400? Man, there's ducks in my yard! What do we do? <laughs> that, that's only Tula. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't – and I – oh, dude. Are you breaking things over there? <laughs> no. <laughs> we had a guy in Tooele, and I, I have to be really careful here because I can't single out the agency that I work for. No. And I can't single out the person involved the, because there's the, all the sorts Mayberry of, Fire Department. Uh, my fire department, we got called out to a uh, horse that was stuck in a barn that had blown over. <laughs> that is the classic. <laughs> I got to see a man about a horse. And <laughs> one of one of my firefighters got kicked by the horse. Oh, yeah, you told me about this. <laughs> that hurts. like I did that to my ankle once. Messed him up. He got kicked by a horse. While on a fire call. That doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. I swear that is a problem unique to Tooele, Utah. To quote Happy Gilmore, shouldn't have been standing there. <laughs> so let's well, get back to red gonna... flag. This is, this is an interesting one right here. So California enacted red flag laws in 2016. That's like the least of their worries. In that year, there were 189 petitions filed. Twelve of those didn't have their guns returned. Only 12. So only 12 of those kept and, their guns for more than 189 out of 39 million people? Right? That's I mean... A, yeah, that's that's not so bad. That's really not so I, bad. It, it's a very rare occurrence. To the letter of the law, like, if I'm... And I, I've seen both sides. I'm somewhere in the middle. I like, that's my personal preference. But mm-hmm. I know there's guys out there, like, that's 129 too many. 
I, I, and I'm yeah, sure they are. Yeah, and that's you know, and I I, I think that's the slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's where we start getting into category A and category B, and you have to be in one or the other. And I think that's a big problem, just in general yeah, in our country. Yeah, right absolutely, now. you're either on the left or you're on the right. And I there, think there's, there's no middle ground. There's at all. no more middle ground, and it's just not that monolithic. It, there's right, um, but I I see where many of our listeners are going to hear red flag law, and they're going to hit the roof. Like mm-hmm. they're they're going to hear those three words in a sentence. It's named poorly. Like, Hell no! It's it, it, worded very. You know they need a better publicist. Oh, yeah, I'll tell exactly. you, they really do. <laughs> but I should look what Utah's is because it's actually not called that in Utah's law. What mm-hmm. is? Let me look and see what Utah's is. Extreme called. risk protective order. See that doesn't sound bad. Yeah, it seems like oh yeah, extreme, if extreme risk. If you're an extreme risk. And need a protective order. Okay. But I want to know the definition of extreme. I want, yeah, I want it's, to know. It's in the bill. It's just way too long. And I, I want to know what the definitions are. And I want to know what, what the plans are to keep that from being abused, right? Like when, you know, I'm going to, everybody take a drink because I'm going to mention Donald Trump. But <laughs> Donald Trump just signed this executive order for wall funding, right? He, he, he signed an emergency declaration that we need to fund the border wall. And a lot of people are upset about it for one reason or another. Again, you're in category A or you're in category B. I don't care. I know that that's as a, as a gun-loving, freedom-loving, flag-waving American, I should care. I really, really don't. Well, it, I just don't. But it, what I care it, about yeah. is what is the next president going to do with that door that has now been opened? Right. Right. Donald Trump has now opened a door as far as emergency declarations goes that, hey, guess what? The next president's likely going to be a Democrat, and they don't like that. That's what they said last time. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen when it comes to, you know, when, when there's an emergency declaration on guns? Yeah. And no, they're going to use that. That's so, something like, yeah, that, that is the, the overwhelming or underlying fear with that type of executive order. Is like, no, so when, let's say this question is for. The officer. Um, <laughs> let's say you guys confiscate a gun. <laughs> Your particular department will they, they'll they'll auction those guns back, right? There's a lot of there's actually state laws that govern govern what can and can't be done with them. Like okay. one of the things that it, I was just reading in the extremist protective order is they have to be destroyed. Oh, they do have to be destroyed uh, because and that, that's part of the problem is is you walk down that slope of okay, well, great, I sold this gun as a law enforcement agency as a government entity to. Joe Blow, but then Joe Blow turned around and gave it to somebody else, and now it's used to kill somebody. Mm. That tends to blow back on the departments. Yeah, um, mm. and, and there's even there's even that's that's just a bad. It looks bad. Your, your PIO you is going to be pissed at that point. And, and there's even restrictions now. Like if we if agencies, a lot of agencies that sell firearms to their officers, if you get a new gun, a lot of times they'll let you buy that gun because it's got, obviously got a lot of sentimental value to you. You actually a lot of times have to sign a, a document saying you will never transfer that ownership because if they, i end up with a police gun <laughs> and i use it in a crime yeah it's going to get traced back because atf can trace it all the way back which like, i have i have a have police one. gun and that was i mean it was used in the 70s yeah. but and a lot of i think a lot of the long guns now they they're not sold really like, they, so even even a- officers even officers can't buy the long guns interesting so, so you're talking specifically like ars or are you talking shotguns sh- okay. any, anything, anything other than a handgun so and i don't i don't know the the whole state rules on those but i guarantee you throughout the country there are state statutes and department policies that govern what can and can't be done with weapons okay and and so this is like it's not really a secret they've come out with public statements on it so benchmade 
was basically doing a solid to their local police department and with these guns that were, you know, certified had to be destroyed or whatever. You so would... that was going to be my question. Yeah. So were they I, – I, I saw the headline and I saw that there were a lot of gun groups that were going to boycott them yeah. for whatever reason. They, what happened with that particular company is they put themselves in just a crappy situation. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. If – had they not done it, they're now – they're now cop haters. They hate their local police department. And then they they did what they did, and now they're anti-Second Amendment, anti-gun. So you're in a situation that's just not good for anybody involved, really. What they needed to do is say, hey, we will help you out. This doesn't get out to anybody. And what happened is the police department said, hey, Benchmade, you guys are awesome. Thanks, Thanks for, for help- destroying these guns. Thanks for helping us out in the, uh, you know— the destroying of these, you know, these firearms that had to be destroyed. So, but I think they left that part out. They left the "had to be destroyed" part out. No, they if did you, they did if they you read the post? Like it's like these guns were to be destroyed. Benchmade, thank you. They had the right tools to be able to help us do that. And people just lost it. Man, people just people got to calm down. Right. I, that's that's the world we live in. It's a knee jerk reaction of yeah, they did something that I don't like, so I am going to go from zero to ten and not even know all the facts. Granted, there's some the the other side of that story is then it's been released that hey, they they also were funding some Democrats and you know in political areas and things like that. And that's not such a bad thing either. I mean, we have Democrats that listen to this show. Uh, the guy that helped us design our logo is very much a Democrat, has run for office, guy named Rick, uh, designed a very cool logo for us with a Glock and bullets and targets and everything. It was manly. Yeah, there's probably some more to it of either they were, there was some kind of contract they were trying to get. Hey, they're a business trying to get money. You got to play the game. Like there's games played like every – Every company does that. If you don't understand that, like you're turning a blind eye and just wanting to get pissed at something that you you don't understand or want it's to pretend doesn't exist. It's just simple, man. It's no. just not. It's not. And so, so anybody that's like, I'm boycotting that company because they did blah. It's like, dude, then or get a better hobby. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And if you're so, gonna boycott something, fine, boycott it. Yeah, I boycott a lot of things. I quick thing here apparently the legislature passed a law in 2017 here that you basically have to give the guns to or sell the guns to a federal firearms licensee unless you can deem that it is no longer functional mm. or was used in such a notorious crime that mm. it selling it is not and that the proceeds have to be donated to some charitable work of so some you, sort of So you you can sell the guns back to the public as a well, department. It sounds like you yeah. have to. It, yeah, they you they've, have to. they've Decided that that's what that has to be done unless the gun is no longer functional, is not safe, or is so notorious. But that's in the state of Utah, yeah. the state of Oregon, which this occurred, and under what their police department yeah. – um, They have to destroy them. They, they yeah. have a policy of we do not sell these guns back. We destroy them. Granted, they're in a more liberal state. Like I hate the entire Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I, if you're in the state of Washington – Well, we found something he boycotted. If, if you're, yeah, I, you know what I boycott? I boycott Seattle. I think I think hey, we should kick a, the legs not a out. Coffee from, drink. I, I love coffee. What the hell's wrong with you? I'm going to kick the legs out from under from Seattle and let it sink into the into the ocean. <laughs> oh, you're so fired up. I hate I hate you. Seattle. It, it was nice of you to have a a, a full time job for a week. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> Anybody has any place? John's is looking for work. I, Third time's a charm. I 
<laughs> I hate Seattle, Washington. Everywhere else in, in Washington is okay. Look, look here comes the person to I tell don't, you you have yeah, to leave. I don't <laughs> like you, but I'm not going to prevent you from listening. But if you're in Seattle, don't listen. You can't. You're banned. You can listen to what I have to say. You I can like, listen I've to been Jim. to Seattle. It's great. You know what happened to me in Seattle? I, I went uh, to Seattle you were, one time. You were sleepless? You know what happened to Seattle? <laughs> He's on fire. This is what happened to me in Seattle, all right? I was getting on a Navy ship in Everett, Washington, right? So this was this was a little embed I did back in the day. So I, I fly into Seattle Airport, SeaTac. See, this is where I, we do need to have this on tape. You're like, you can't see the steam I, coming out of your ears. I hate Seattle. And it's not it's nothing personal on my side. Seattle hated me first, all right? This is. I want to hear Seattle. This, story. this is vengeance. I, I That's want to what play this some is. or something. This like that. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Seattle Mariners. Boom into the ocean. All of you gone. What about the Seahawks? Nope, okay. gone. You know why I, I wanted the Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl? Because people in Seattle were going to riot afterwards <laughs> and burn that <laughs> hole to the ground. And now we'll really do it. And he hates Nirvana too. And Nirvana's okay. <laughs> what, what about Soundgarden? Yeah, they were fine. They were in Seattle before. Uh, have I hate you ever it. shopped at REI? No, okay. I don't eat at Starbucks. You know why? Seattle. Well, you don't like coffee. coffee. So that is, yeah. <laughs> Good point. You know why? Seattle. What, what about Seattle's best? No, Seattle's not the worst. <laughs> you know, is, and I'll tell you why. By Starbucks. Uh, yeah, I hate I, Seattle's <laughs> best because I always get off. At, I get off a plane at an airport, and I never know what city I'm in. Because it always says Seattle's best, and I think through some sort of PTSD nightmare that I got off in Seattle by mistake. The, 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 the greeting of welcome to blah doesn't stick? Welcome to Boston. Have some Seattle's best. That should not be allowed. I'm going to have to edit a lot of those. Yeah, that the, like, the last that 10 minutes whole, probably has to be deleted. That Listen, whole thing here's is what happened. No, it's staying in. It's staying in, and I'll tell you why. Hey, I'll Jim, edit the, Jim, it's been nice I will, yeah, I will edit you. the bad words out. I'll, I'll, I'll two edit and, the potty two, words out. Two and through is really But I'll bad. tell you why. I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went to Seattle, and I, I, I won. My luggage got lost. They took my luggage. They stole it. That, that, that's the airline's that, yeah, fault, like, not Seattle's. You know where the airline was? Seattle. But they stole my luggage. From wherever then, you were. Tra- <laughs> then the rental car that they gave me was a Crown Victoria, a 2007 Crown Victoria. What are you pissed about? I'll tell you what I'm pissed Best about. Day ever. Have you ever been in a parking lot in Seattle? There is <laughs> nowhere <laughs> to park. Listen, I'm driving a car that is twice the size of the average parking space in the Pacific Northwest. All right. Everywhere you go up there, like I'm on the freeway, the speed limit's 50 miles an hour. That what kind of backward ass pageantry is that? There's nowhere to drive at 50 miles an hour if you're on a freeway. Well, there's the same and I'm place. Driving to drive. a car that's the size if of you're a, in a Crown Vic, 50 doesn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> and there's nowhere to park. Those streets up there are half the size of this room. So there's nowhere I, to park this gigantic. I'm on the I-5. I'm going north. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna get off at the uh, the 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 experience yeah, you just, you just, project. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what okay. I'm, you know what I'm thinking? Yeah, but and I go to get off the freeway, but I crossed a white line. Oh no! One one white line barely went under the corner of my car, and I get pulled over front by front or rear the, fender. Front. Okay. I get pulled over by one of Seattle's finest. W- and are you I going get in reverse? No. Because. Your rest of your car would have to cross over that. No, that's line. what I'm saying. That's what I, that was my question. I wanted to know how oh, much so, of the car so, crossed so the white both. line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the whole damn the car. whole car. So you, know, <laughs> you know how many times I see people do that, though. I I get it. You know how many times I, I see people speed. Hundred dollar ticket. Okay. 
Hey, if it makes you feel any better, St. George is the same, same thing to my buddy because he threw a fruity wrapper out the window. Really? Littering. Yes. Yeah, it was a littering ticket. Mm-hmm. That's Utah's the- Dixie. Don't don't waste Utah. No. What's wrong with you? I get it. <laughs> I get it. But it's about as asinine as crossing a white line. I get pulled over in Seattle. I get a $400 ticket. So – in that amount of time, I'd been in the city for about eight minutes, and I'm already down $1,000. Then, said Crown Victoria gets broken into mm-hmm. while at the Motel 6 that I'm staying <laughs> Why at. Why did you stay at a Motel 6? <laughs> because the Navy was paying for the hotel. I didn't have. I didn't get to pick my hotel. The, the, Navy, Navy. the Navy put me up at a Motel 6. Can <laughs> I ask you, where did, I was supposed to be. did you break the law? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Jim. Shut up, Jim. You're not the cop in this room. I'm just asking the tough questions. The GPS gets <laughs> stolen out of my Crown why, Victoria. Why did you leave it in your car? I didn't even know it was in there. <laughs> I didn't ask for a GPS. There was just a GPS in the center console. Some meth dealer, Macklemore probably, no, no, gets no, into my gets user. into my car. De- dealers don't do car problems. Meth man. user gets into my Crown Vic. Yeah, got cash. And then so now you know I'm down another there. 250 bucks. Well, this back, is, listen. <laughs> That's a bench, mate. <laughs> Listen up, Seattle. <laughs> Seattle, you can kiss my butt. I think we should just this went so much more about his bad taste for Seattle <laughs> than an actual story in the Jim, news. Jim, I think we should just go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think I'm mad now? This was this was 12 years ago. <laughs> you should have seen me in 2007 when this happened. I didn't know you held such a grudge. Yeah, that's a, like. I mean, wow. Good for you. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll, I'll think of you tomorrow when I'm at Starbucks. When, <laughs> all right. So we're at 45 minutes now. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. I think, no, like not. I think <laughs> once I cut all the swear words out of that. 20 at best. Uh, I'm leaving that in, though, because Seattle, you're on my list. Somebody. North Korea, Iran, well, and if, Seattle. If you're pro-North Korea. You don't run. Like... <laughs> no, they're all in the same category with me. If you're uh, pro-North Korea, you probably live in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I think that's the first time Seattle, Iran, and North Korea I have all been I highly doubt it because if there's going to be a bomb, well, I guess they're going to Oh, you know what else happened? Oh, this is the oh, other God. thing that happened in Seattle. This is like a triggered liberal. I but- <laughs> we were. I we, get we, on the plane. We it's were going to try to call this triggered. I yeah. get on the plane. It's 91 degrees in Las Vegas. When I got on the plane, I get off in in, uh, in Seattle. You know what temperature is in Seattle in April? 18. Climates. Ah. It was 18 degrees. <laughs> you can't buy a coat in Seattle in April. I tried to buy a coat. You know what they told me? They told me, dude, it's April. You don't need a coat. The headquarters of REI and you can't buy a coat. John, did you check the weather before you left? No. You know, no. you know that you, you can check the weather. I ended places. up spending forty dollars to get a coat at an Army Navy surplus store. And I, I, you know, I actually ended up at like a Ross, I think. Yeah, and I had to pay like sixty bucks for a Dickies coat. So, where's your? What's your take on Benchmade? <laughs> yeah, ben, Benchmade, you're fine. You're fine, Benchmade. Thank you for your service. Do you guys? Um, does that ever like? Do you guys take guns to places to be destroyed? I have. No no oh, idea. you no, don't even touch it. Got it. No clue. You're not going to throw anybody under the bus. I, I honestly have no clue. You may as well just take them to Seattle. That, 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 that's, I, I book stuff into evidence, and that's the end of that. I don't know what happens <laughs> after that.
How long? How long does stuff? Do you know on average, like how long stuff will stay in evidence before it's destroyed? Like if it's not needed for a case or anything like that? Usually not super long, but I, I have no idea what the average is. There's you have to get release letters and all kinds of stuff, and try to return stuff if you can return it. And yeah, it's yada yada yada. So. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap us up. I'm, I have to write it a, uh, an apology to the entire population of Seattle. Because man, that was some good. That was some good anger. I feel like I've. Well, uh, I dude. hope like that twelve <laughs> twelve years of pent up aggression uh, just like kind of washed away. How much that, diet coke did you it. drink today? Oh, yeah, just I, feel, I feel good. Like I'm in a good place. Uh, seriously, now. How, how much diet coke have you had today? Um, like how many ounces or uh-huh. how many? Um, four mugs. How else were you going to explain that? Like he said, how much? Well, how many mugs? How many? <laughs> okay. I don't I know how big mug. your mug is. <laughs> 32 ounce, so you've had four, four, you've had a, four of those. Isn't you, a, you've had a gallon of Diet Coke today? Gallon. Yes. Yeah. Damn. I've been at work a while. I get it, but damn. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> I get it. So is air. I mean. <laughs> I, I drink a lot of that, too. There's there's no control. I guess. <laughs> I always get those uh, those emails or those those posts on Facebook that's like, hey, Diet Soda is connected to stroke. Oh. No, it's not. Hey, Diet <laughs> Soda is connected to heart problems. <laughs> No, they're not. You know, you know what the next email you're getting is? We can't afford to provide Diet Coke we, yeah. for free anymore. Listen, <laughs> yeah. it's not it – is, it is not a coincidence that my first three months with this company and getting free soda, the Coca-Cola Corporation recorded a 10-year low in profits. That is, <laughs> that is a fact. Fourth quarter profits for Coke are at a 10-year low, and that is – 100% my fault. Because you didn't have to fill your garage with Coke this yes. time? Yes. Yeah. Dude, seriously. <laughs> I got fired up there. I'm actually sweating. I, <laughs> I got nervous, and I you've got to jump a yeah. lengthy desk to get here. Do you think I qualify I, for an extreme risk I protection? Was, I was mildly backing up Seattle, and I'm like, he is going to jump his desk and come and like, well, I've got All my right. bench made to defend myself, I guess. <laughs> do you have a bench made? Yeah. Do you really? On me right now. That's Best awesome. knife ever. <laughs> I got a Smith & Wesson. Yeah. Like nice. I love this knife. I they made some mistakes, especially like uh, we won't go into yeah, that. We'll 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 get to that. Um, so my thanks to uh, to Jim York and to Mike for uh, for stopping by today. Um, next episode, we're going to talk about Microsoft workers are saying they don't want to make products for the United States military. Apparently, they've never heard of a little thing called PowerPoint. Also, we're going to talk about <laughs> HK and their desire to make things for the United States military that kind of backfired on them in the social media world. We're going to talk about that next time here on The Range. Join us next time for Range Time. I screwed that up again. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to end this that's show. A, that's a really weird exit. Yeah. How do we end this show? We'll see you on Range Time. We'll see you at the range. No, that's nope. We'll see you on the line. On the range. Um, Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's all next. uh, That's all in the next episode of Range Time. That was worse. (sighs) (laughs) Ready, aim, fire. It was an hour. I'm going to leave most of that in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Until they're like, yeah, you can't leave that in. That's funny. It, it was great. I could go out to the uh, fairgrounds tonight and participate in a mock riot. Can I? Can I come? <laughs>